Stages of labor, hormones of birth, and timing contractions are not the most important or effective ways to learn about physiologic birth. And chances are, you've learned some of that, and you still have questions about what to expect from birth. And these questions linger because the sources that are teaching childbirth preparation are only offering facts about labor and birth created to enable the medical system to justify the use of interventions to speed up labor despite the injuries experienced by mothers and the disruptions to the mother-baby bonding. Before birth became a medical procedure that needed these guidelines and metrics, women were shown physiologic birth instead of charts and graphs and tables. Today, we have the benefit of merging traditional physiologic birth knowledge with what is useful from research and evidence And this has been the key to helping my students and clients avoid things like tears and traumatic birth injuries and go on to have fulfilling natural births. If natural birth is calling you, merging traditional physiologic birth with learning modern knowledge may be the answer to your lingering questions. And you can begin the journey of seeing physiologic birth with a free class that will introduce you to the three P's of physiologic birth that help my students and clients avoid tearing in only 15 minutes so you will know why you can trust your body to give birth without injury. After watching this 15-minute video, you will know what physiologic birth really is and why learning the stages of labor, lists of hormones, and cervical dilation rates is just not enough, the most common points in labor where tissue damage tends to occur, and how to use the three Ps of physiology to prevent the causes of tears or episiotomies. And you will learn the difference between being 10 centimeters and being ready to push. After seeing the physiology in this way, one of my students, Sarah, said, simply mind-blowing. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I want to share this with all of the birth professionals that I have ever met, as it is so clear to me now how we have all been missing the big picture. And Cassie said, I took four courses, and yours is the one I walked away with feeling the most empowered. Very specifically, the physiologic birth part where you show the slides of where baby is. Having known what baby does in that dance with the pictures, just let me trust the process so I never felt worried. So if you'd like to learn more about what Sarah and Cassie are talking about, you can get started with this very special and unique physiologic birth training for free at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash free class. I hope to see you there. Doctors and medical students frequently address obstetrics only as it pertains to pathology. They spend most of their time preparing for all of the awful things that could go wrong during pregnancy and childbirth. Students learn all about placenta previa and acute toxemia, but by the time they're doctors, they have learned very little about the physiology of normal labor and are ignorant of the perfectly common factors which might modify the process without being cause for alarm or intervention. The end result is that birth itself, every birth, is seen as a potential problem. Michelle Odant from Birth Reborn. Nocebo, placebo, all of these interesting terms that we have to tell people what your experiences are. Amongst academics, the nocebo effect is described as experiencing a negative response to a drug or treatment based on the belief that you will respond negatively. Now, the nocebo effect in regard to pregnancy and birth is intertwined with the expectation that has been created that pregnancy and birth are medical events just waiting to happen, that the normal stress of pregnancy and the physiologic adaptations that your body has to support your growing baby are somehow a problem to be managed, that it's always a risk, 
And that risk comes with fear. And that fear comes with side effects, side effects that might present as the very thing that everyone around a pregnant mom is scared of. So today, I want to take a look at the concept of the nocebo effect. And I hope that by doing so, it will help you to recognize if this is happening to you or to pregnant mamas who are in your care or to your loved ones or anyone else that you might notice who's affected by this influence, whether it's around pregnancy or any other health concern. So let's begin to explore the nocebo effect on this episode of the Journey to Birth podcast. Imagine transforming the anxiety, the worry, and uncertainty you have about your birth right now into the confidence and knowledge that will end everyone's questions about your natural birth and even have them asking you how you did it. Are you ready to stop imagining your wonderful birth and start preparing to experience it? Then you're in the right place. I'm Tristan, the creator of the Natural Birth Compass online childbirth education program. And I'm coming to your ears with perspectives of birth from across time and cultures to help you become more informed and confident in your birth. So grab your mug, fill it with your favorite tea, and let's begin the journey to birth. When it comes to pregnancy and birth, in order to manage the fear from within the system, we now test everything. We test your blood, we test your urine, we test your baby's heart tones, how fast or slow your belly's growing, your blood pressure, amniotic fluid levels, we screen you for group beta strep, and on and on and on. No crevice is left unswabbed, and no fluid is left unmeasured. All of this seems to portray the message that your body needs constant help doing one of the very things that has actually brought each one of us here today, growing and birthing a baby. And it implies that women can't go through a pregnancy without having some kind of problem, high blood pressure or something wrong with the placenta. It's not the right shape or not in the right place. Blood sugar amounts that aren't acting right. Abnormally low amniotic fluid, a short cervix, a bacterial infection, or maybe you just need a C-section because birth is hard and you probably can't do it. Now, the nocebo effect can start insidiously. Maybe it starts very innocently. Maybe it's from a true belief that all this monitoring is saving babies and moms. My intention here is not to imply that all of this medical management is applied with malintent. Often, it does truly come from a place that a caregiver thinks it's really needed based on their own biases, which I've talked about before on this podcast, their own experiences, their own fears, fears that have been induced by their own training, by the environment that they're in day after day, by the stories and the outcomes that they and their colleagues experience. The problem is that they spend so much time focused on the negative, watching and waiting for the sign of a problem, that a problem is exactly what they end up finding. Whether it's really just the normal physiologic swelling that now becomes a sign of early preeclampsia, or normal amounts of protein in your urine from the normal physiologic changes that your kidneys undergo to support the increasing blood volume that's nourishing your baby. This, of course, can also be interpreted as an early sign of preeclampsia, something that we now have to watch. Or maybe your due date's approaching and suddenly your baby is at risk inside the very womb that has nurtured them for 39 weeks of pregnancy. The constant exposure to these kinds of words, to these kinds of thoughts, to the testing involved in the expectation that something will go wrong 
this itself can lead to the very complications that they are concerned about. Even referring to a pregnant woman as a patient, which means one who suffers. Already, just by using this word, this can begin the notion of illness, of something wrong that needs attention, slowly eroding away your confidence, disassociating your trust with your own body, opening that gap for vulnerability, and potentially manifesting the very concerns that you are trying to avoid. And when you're sitting at your prenatal visits, how often are you asked about your baby? How often are you consulted as the only person who really and truly and deeply knows how your baby is doing? How often have you felt like your care provider is trusting you with the knowledge of your own body and your own baby rather than expecting you to blindly trust their outside expert opinion? that they're here to tell you what may be going wrong? How often have you been allowed to just be a healthy, happy, vibrant, pregnant woman going through a normal life event rather than acting as a patient, seeking the medical care and treatment of a doctor or sometimes even a midwife when the approach becomes more medicalized? The very act of not establishing trust in a pregnant mother, in her body, in her capacity to care for her fetus, This itself is a potential risk, a risk that leaves her open to the fear of her caregivers that her body really can't do this, that something is bound to go wrong and she will need help. She will need monitoring. She will need an emergency intervention. It's not a matter of if there's a complication, but when. This is the risk of the nocebo effect, when the message is that without our help, without the help of the medical community, the ones who know what to do, the ones who have the knowledge to save you, to save your baby, when those people who can take your power do take your power, the nocebo effect follows, and then the signs appear, whether it's hypertension or infection, failure to progress, failure to thrive, failure to conform. Failure to give birth the way a woman in the modern system should give birth. Failure, failure, failure. So now I have a question for you. Is it really true that over 70% of pregnant people fail at being pregnant or fail at giving birth? When we look at all of the statistics, the pregnancy interventions, the birth interventions, newborn interventions, over 70% of pregnancies experience some kind of intervention or diagnosis some kind of failure. Where does this come from? Is it the health of our modern women? Is it a nutrition factor? Maybe a stress factor? Is it an evolutionary flaw? Or is it a result of the very treatment of our pregnant population? And I'm not here to answer this question today. I don't even think that there is one correct answer. But there is an answer for you that comes from within you. And when you're at a prenatal appointment or when you hear someone's negative birth story, when those words or the thoughts or the ideas or a diagnosis comes to you, what do you do with that? Does it feel true? Did you somehow seek out this opinion or this diagnosis or this story? Did you compromise in your pregnancy and end up with an answer that you weren't expecting? Does it define your pregnancy? Does it define your birth outcome? Does it define you? Where do you go from here? The nocebo effect is powerful. 
those who have the education, the book knowledge, the clinical experience, those we expect to help us also have the power to cause self-harm. Although the nocebo effect may be triggered by some kind of external exposure, maybe a lab test, someone's careless use of words, even a birth story or something as simple as a social media post, your reaction to that exposure is what determines your physical and your emotional response. Whether you let it in or hold on to it and evaluate its truth for you and your pregnancy before making a decision on what to do with that information. In today's birth culture, with such a flood of information everywhere, it's more difficult than ever to make truth-based decisions. It takes doing a lot of work around being very clear and very honest with yourself about yourself. Getting into those deepest layers of where you find out how much you trust yourself and your choices in those that you allow into your sacred pregnancy and birth space. Can you take objective information and view it from all angles and all levels to make a confident decision? This is part of the transformative gifts of this time in your life. All the experiences, the joys, and the challenges during pregnancy and during birth, and even in raising children, they all become a part of you and who you become. The choices are yours. The path is yours. Do you choose to be a patient or to be a self-directed woman during your pregnancy? Even in the event that something does arise for which you choose medical care, these choices are always yours if you choose to take ownership of them, to be the one who's making the choices, and to accept the responsibility of those choices. I expect the nocebo effect will be part of our lives in many, many ways for a long time yet to come. The subtle manipulation techniques that are a part of human nature Well, they seem very well and alive today. So be aware of the grasp. Take time on a regular basis to stop. Center yourself. Quiet your mind. And check in with yourself. What's there when everything's quiet? What's still nagging? What's keeping you from that perfect night of sleep? What's left when the external distractions of the world are gone? If you find that it's peace and contentment, you check in with your baby and everything feels well, then keep on doing what you're doing. But if you find there's voices of fear or concern or worry or some kind of what ifs lingering there in the background, evaluate it objectively from all angles, from all levels. Is your concern Is your fear, is this an authentic issue to dig into? Or is it a seed that was planted from outside of you that is not really yours to keep? If so, identify all the reasons these fears, these words are not yours until you feel that fear release. Keep these reassurances with you and your confidence will start to build. Gradually, you may notice that you recognize the triggers that could lead to the nocebo effect earlier and earlier until they can't even grasp you any longer. This is letting go of things that don't support or serve you. This is building up your yin strength and lowering your yang defenses, finding your way in a complicated birth culture. For more on what that means, I will refer you to episode number 36, The Yin and Yang of Birth, where I spent some time exploring what it looks like to prepare for birth with a more subtle, inner, strengthening yin approach versus the suit of armor yang approach that so many birth approaches rely on today. 
placebo and nocebo, these are just words to describe your reaction to the medical world. But if you can learn to stop reacting and focus on your true needs, if you can leave room to evaluate incoming information or stories, everything that comes through your senses, you can find your way on your path. Your natural birth compass will guide you because it comes from your own truth that only you know. If you have stories of the nocebo effect, how it affected you or how you recognized it and what you did about it, how you found your way through, I would love to hear them. Send me your story at info at naturalbirthcompass.com or find me on the socials at naturalbirthcompass. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, always wishing you a wonderful journey to birth. Thank you for listening and being open to new perspectives as we spend this time together. As always, let me know how I can support your journey. If you have topics you want to hear about, guests you'd like to hear from, questions or comments to share, let me know. This podcast is always transforming and you can help shape it into something that helps thousands of families have the best pregnancy, birth, and transition into parenthood possible by leaving a comment or a review or sharing this podcast with others in your life who will benefit from our discussions. Find me on the socials at Natural Birth Compass or email me at info at naturalbirthcompass.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. Wishing you a wonderful journey to birth.